0: Hello and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Wednesday. This is the 22nd week after Pentecost. This week we continue our reading of the book of 1 Samuel. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. Oh, come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from First Samuel chapter 9, beginning this morning at verse 1. There was a name of Be- a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Becorath, son of Affiah, a Benjaminite, a man of wealth. He had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. He stood head and shoulders above everyone else. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, had strayed. So Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the boys with you. Go, look for the donkeys. He passed through the hill country of Ephraim, and he passed through the land of Solisha, But they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Sha'alim, but they were not there. Then he passed through the land of Benjamin, but they did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to the boy who was with him, Let us turn back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and worry about us. But he said to him, There is a man of God in this town. He is a man held in honor. Whatever he says always comes true. Let us go there now. Perhaps he will tell us about the journey on which we have set out. Then Saul replied to the boy, But if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to give to the man of God. What have we? The boy answered Saul again, Here, I have with me a quarter shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, anyone who went to inquire of God would say, Come, let us go to the seer. For the one who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Saul said to the boy, Come, let us go. So they went to the town where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the town, they met some girls coming down to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? They answered, Yes, there he is, just ahead of you, hurry. He has just come now to the town, because the people have a sacrifice today at the shrine. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him, before he goes up to the shrine to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, since he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward those eat who are invited, now go up, for you will meet him immediately. So they went up to the town, and as they were entering the town, they saw Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the shrine. Now the day before Saul came the Lord had revealed to Samuel tomorrow about this time I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him to be ruler over my people Israel he shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines for I have seen the suffering of my people because their outcry has come to me When Samuel saw Saul the Lord told him Here is the man whom I spoke to you of whom I spoke to you He it is who shall rule over my people. Then Saul approached Samuel inside the gate and said to him, Tell me, please, where is the house of the seer? Samuel said to Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the shrine. For today you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go, and I will tell you all that is on your mind. As for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, give no further thought to them, for they have been found. And on whom is all of Israel's desire fixed, if not on you and on all your ancestral house? Saul answered, I am only a Benjamin knight, from the least of the tribes of Israel, and my family is the humblest of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin. Why then have you spoken to me in this way? Then Samuel took Saul and his servant boy and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited and of whom there were about thirty. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion I gave you, the one I ask you to put aside. The cook took uh, took up the thigh and what went with it and set them before Saul. Samuel said, See what was kept is set before you. Eat, for it is set before you at the appointed time, so that you might eat with the guests. So Saul ate with Samuel that day, When they came down from the shrine into the town, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof, and he lay down to sleep. Then at the break of dawn, Samuel called to Saul upon the roof, Get up, so that I may send you on your way. Saul got up, and both he and Samuel went out into the street. The word of the Lord. As we noticed earlier, the Bible is not without comedy. God sends Saul off on a donkey chase that ends up making him king of Israel. Along the way, God knows what is happening. Samuel knows what's happening. Saul, however, seems to have no clue. In fact, you get the sense throughout there that the corruption of Samuel's sons and maybe Eli's sons before them uh, make Saul and his servants seem conscious of whether or not they should be giving a bribe. Meanwhile, what is prepared for them is a A a banquet, a guest, uh, a a feast, and they are the honored guests. Uh, Saul is awkwardly paraded around this festival, but then he's made a guest of honor at the banquet, uh, and everything is given to him. Uh, He who had nothing to give uh, to find out what uh, was going on with his donkeys now is uh, lavished with these gifts, uh, this praise and this honor at this meal. How strange. How strange indeed. Typically, we read of how a king emerges, first as a strong man who mobilizes his clan to seize control over his tribe, and and then to extend and exert control and power over all the other tribes around him, unifying them by either violence, intimidation, bribery, or other forms of coercion and alliances, making them finally into a nation. Israel's king, however, will be selected and set apart by a seer before he even knows what's going on. It won't be by his own might, it won't be by his own own cunning, it won't be by his own own plotting or planning. He is simply made king by the will and choosing of God. There might be something to this that we should notice. It is never God's intention for Israel to be a military power or even a great empire. It is never God's intention to glorify some rising warlord or the will of some kind of king who looks to dominate God's people and the nations around him. Now, this nation is different, and the kind of peace that God aspires to is not the kind of peace that comes by submission at the point of a spear or a sword, but the blessings of 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 wholeness and prosperity and goodness that are extended to all of God's people, all of God's world, as they enjoy the fruit and the gifts that God sets before them from God's own good creation, good grace, good will. So why is that? Well, one reason is that this nation's vocation, its reason for being in this world, is to display the glory of God and to bear witness to the height, the heart and the mind of the Creator God, who, uh, who is a God who keeps His word, a God who liberates slaves from under the rule of warlords and pretender gods. And if we spend a little more time with this, it isn't so difficult then to start to see how Jesus really is the King, the Anointed One God had intended for God's people all along who comes as a suffering servant and as a Prince of Peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. let us pray mighty god of mercy we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of your of our risen lord who makes every day new especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation for the new creation that emerges in christ and for all the gifts of healing and forgiveness that he brings and gives for the communion of faith we enjoy and share within your holy church and for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? For who else are we thankful? Merciful God Almighty, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and for our congregation here in this community and its people. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries that are ravaged by strife and warfare, and for all who are working to bring about their peace and international harmony. For the sick and those who care for them, for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction, Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.